And again, it comes back to, to passion and, and what you're good at on, on what niche is right for you. And we're actually presenting in St. Louis, um, third Thursday in November. If you want to come in, we have three of our acquisition managers speak about their favorite niche and how they're finding deals right now without any marketing spend. So within the whole wholesaling niche, the niche of wholesaling, finding deals, there's niches. You could be really good at... Um, cold calling. You could really be really good at driving for dollars. You could be really good at um, networking with other wholesalers or networking with real estate agents, but the same principle applies. If you try to do 15 different lead sources, you're not going to be good at any of them. So pick a try them all or try a lot and then figure out what you like and what you're good at and dive deep into a few. And then you could buy a lot more houses, a lot more seamlessly than you could than trying a whole bunch of different legion strategies. You're listening to the Ordinary Guys Extraordinary Wealth Podcast, hosted by us, Sam Prim and Lucas Walls, investors, entrepreneurs, and best friends. Two millennial Midwesterners who started a real estate side hustle and now own $40 million in rentals without using any of our own money. Now we're two average guys teaching other people how to use real estate investing to create financial freedom and generational wealth. If you're ready to learn how to take control of your future using real estate investments the simple way and have fun while doing it, you're in the right place. Let's start today's show. Hello, welcome to Ordinary Guys Extraordinary Wealth. My name is Sam. And I am Lucas. We are going to talk about niches today. Lucas, are the riches in the niches? Yes, I truly believe that. Find your niche and maximize it. Who said that quote? No idea. You're never going to guess it. If I gave you one million guesses, you wouldn't guess it. Yeah. PJ right. Tucker. Interesting. His, his, I know his niche, uh, defensive. Being tough. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, they're PJ Tucker. I was looking up like niches quote, like riches in the niches, because sometimes I just rattle off random stupid quotes to you for like 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I was going to try to get some. And I like, that one's pretty or- normal. I looked at it. And it was like PJ Tucker. I'm like, is it the basketball PJ Tucker? Yeah. I looked and it had like eight quotes from him. I was like, yep, it's him. And, and hit. So his, his is uh, being, you know, tough, strong, defensively aggressive and, and sound, but then also hitting that open three in the corner. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's yeah. practiced that a lot. Mm-hmm. That's probably, that's, uh, probably the only shot will take all game. That's, but uh, the poor man's Bruce Bowen. Yeah. Yeah, very similar. He kind of started all that. Cool, awesome. Well, the riches in the niches. So I think it makes sense that if you focus on something that you will be better at it than trying to do several things. I got a, another quote from a billionaire. Uh, we were at our mastermind that we're in called Collective Genius and Jeff Hoffman, who started Priceline.com and started um, Booking.com, gave a speech. And Lucas, you weren't there for it. I'll, I'll tell you about it. Um, the, the presentation, Lucas had some other uh, affairs to attend, but he basically framed it that, you know, focus on one thing and do that well and then move, in, move on. He said something that kind of opened up my mind. Doing three things is not three times harder than doing one thing. Doing three teams is a million times harder than doing one thing because you're just spread out and you can't put the right effort into it. So it's not an exact science where one plus one equals this. You try to do more things and it gets infinitely harder and it's you're not going to be as good at it unless you focus on one thing. However, I do think that at some point you need to go outside of your niche, but I think you should start with a niche. Yeah, yeah I got another good quote. Is this what you want to talk about? No. Well, when are you going to tell that story? Because <laughs> it's not real estate related, so I got to figure it out. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe it's the random thought of today, and we save yours for later. I don't know. My the notes. What are the notes by random thought of the day today? Yeah, I, I, that's why I can't tell 
what it is. <laughs> anyway, okay. but uh, the other the other quote that I like a lot is um, winning comes from being brilliant at the basics. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that doesn't necessarily go exactly with a niche, but you know, do the simple things great, and uh, you're going to have a lot of success. Yep, I agree. So basically, when starting out, in my opinion, it's good to have a niche, and there's several reasons. So let, let's talk about niches in real estate now, what niches people can kind of focus on and why they may choose to focus on those niches mm-hmm. because it might be monetary. It might be, you know, your location. It might be your time. Passion. Passion. Why some certain niche in real estate is better for you. And then let's talk about kind of like a buy box, get a little bit deeper as we were talking about deep and wide where that was before the podcast started. I think <laughs> Luke was talking about, he'd rather be deep than wide. So anyways, we'll, we'll talk about that and then kind of give some examples of some buy box niches in real estate. Yeah, because I think there's niches within niches in real estate. I think that's what you, what we're going to talk about a little bit there. Snitches get stitches. Mm, and wind up in ditches. If they don't have the right niches. <laughs> they will not get the riches. Unless maybe they see some glitches in the system. They're looking suspicious. <laughs> All right, we're done. Now, speaking of that, this is episode 25, Walls. Yeah. You've got 25 more episodes to write your rhyme. We're at the halfway point. This first 25 came pretty quick. Yeah, so, so I'm gonna uh, get episode going. 50, Luke's going to freestyle. And I guess you can't write it because it's a freestyle, Walls. We got to pick the no, beat. no. It's it's it will be written. No, it will not. One hundred percent. I'm gonna name my like freestyling live off the top of the. Yes, dome. you are. Okay. I'm gonna be like Fine. A, f- a football light and I'll just memorize carpet. my. I'll just memorize it. Memorize no, the whole room. I'm not Harry Mack. <laughs> He's good. I knew real estate. Yeah. Um. So we the fiftieth episode. Luke will be christening it with a freestyle rap that will be pre-written, but we'll have to get a sick beat to drop. Ooh. I'm not gonna be beatboxing on that. Maybe Jaden can pick a beat for us and drop one on there. Jaden has no style when it comes to music. Jaden likes freaking R&B and like that kind of stuff. He doesn't he doesn't know good music if it ran across his face. He probably doesn't know who Jake Cole is, Lucas. <laughs> is that my <am> right? <laughs> See? All right. I could just tell by looking at you. All right, here we go. So the uh, riches are in the niches wall. So there's three main niches I want to talk about with real estate and then we'll we'll dig into them a little bit, but there's wholesaling there's fixing, flipping, and there's buying rentals, in my opinion. Of course, there is you can get into like short-term rentals or Airbnb arbitrage, or you can get into, you know, property management, or you can get into, you know, bird dogging. There's a ton, but let's just try to keep it somewhat mm-hmm. open and then we can go down a little bit. So wholesaling, Lucas, why do you think and who should that be a niche for? And why don't you explain it a little bit? Yeah. Um wholesaling. Can, so that's uh you you never own any real estate. Uh, they call it real estate investing, but really it's, it's not, it's you're not really sailing. investing in in anything. So. I mean, you can, but yeah. Um, but you know, you, you go out and find discounted properties, distressed properties, um, get those under contract with the seller and then go ahead and turn right around and sell that contract or assign that contract for a fee to an in buyer that is actually going to take down and own the property and fix it up themselves and sell it or fix it up themselves and rent it out. So um, you're just, as a wholesaler, you're just hunting for the deals. You love hunting deals. You love finding them. You love wholesaling them. You love making a quick 10, 15, 20 grand. Uh, and that's what the, what uh, gets you excited, the art of the deal and hunting for those deals. And if, if that gets you up in the morning, I think wholesaling is um, an excellent option for the, the sales personality type of people because you're, you're talking with sellers. Um, you're trying to negotiate with them, trying to persuade them to let 
let you buy their house and then you you sell it on the back end so you're negotiating with um other investors and stuff so if you like sales um i think wholesaling is a great option for you yeah and wholesaling basically to just break it down again a little different way most people when you think of real estate investing you think you get a property under contract to purchase you buy it and then you make money and then you sell it with yeah. wholesaling, you get on a contract, you sell it, make money, and then it closes. So it's just kind of reversing it out. But yeah, wholesaling is really good for those that just, I would say you have to have a really good skill set in finding deals or you have to, and, or you have to be willing to work really hard. So that's kind of, if somebody, you know, hey, you have extra time to put into, it's going to be tricky to be a really good wholesaler if you are only have, you know, an hour extra a month to devote to real estate. So if you have extra time and energy and effort and you are willing to put in that hard work, I think wholesaling is a great option. There's a couple mm-hmm. other ones that you can kind of hire out and I feel like you can, you know, not be as involved in and be successful. But wholesaling, I feel like you have to kind of bootstrap it and do the deal and do and you find the this kind of properties yourself. Yep. And we have a we have a wholesaling business and within our wholesaling business, um, we have acquisition managers that each one of them have niches in how they like to find deals. And, and again, it comes back to, to passion and, and what you're good at on, on what niche is right for you. And we're actually presenting in St. Louis, um, third Thursday in November. Um, if you want to come on, come in, we have three of our acquisition managers speak about their favorite niche and how they're finding deals right now without any marketing spend. So, um, Within the whole wholesaling niche, the niche of wholesaling, finding deals, there's niches. You could be really good at um, cold calling. You could really be really good at driving for dollars. You could be really good at um, networking with other wholesalers or networking with real estate agents. But the same principle applies. If you try to do 15 different lead sources, you're not going to be good at any of them. So try them all or try a lot and then figure out what you like and what you're good at and dive deep into a few. And then you could buy a lot more houses, a lot more seamlessly than you could than trying a whole bunch of different legion strategies. I like it. Awesome. So wholesaling is good for somebody that has some extra time, passion for sales and it might be monetary. You don't need any money to wholesale. You don't need a good credit score to wholesale. Yeah. So that might be, you might be kind of forced down this path. It's a there, great way to quit your, quit your job mm-hmm. too. So if it's someone that wants to go full-time in real estate the fastest, wholesaling is a great way. Love it. It gives you the most active income. It does. Usually. Yep. And it's more work up front, but then you're done. Yeah. As opposed to flipping, you can find your own properties, fixing and flipping, or you can just buy them from a wholesaler. And the work finding the deal is easy because somebody brings it to you, but fixing up and rehabbing. So that's a little bit harder. So why don't we talk about flipping? Why, why would you fix and flip? Why would that be kind of a niche for you? What, what type of person? Niche number two. Niche number dose. Yeah. So I'm just kind of thinking of the, the, we know a lot of different investors and, you know, why one would choose a wholesale to be a wholesale niche versus a, a flipping niche. Um, the, the flipping niche to me is someone or, a, you know, a small team of people who uh, maybe don't love the art of the deal as much, love finding the deal as much, maybe not quite that sales personality, but more, you know, operations and details and like to and project management and like to see a project come together. So they are willing to sacrifice um, that 10, 15, 20 grand of profit up front of the deal that the wholesaler is getting and they can buy it directly from the wholesaler. And then their profit comes from 
fixing that property up, rehabbing the property, making it go from looking crappy to looking beautiful, selling it on the back end so they can maximize their profit, you know, somewhere around 30 grand. Yeah. So I think, or obviously more, but I think, so somebody that's super passionate about finding deals and sales, wholesaling, somebody that's passionate and has a little more patience and passionate about seeing a, a house come to life. Yeah. You know, like, like HGTV type yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. of course you can just paint and do flooring. And, but a lot of people that are the best flippers are the ones that do like to bring the character out of mm-hmm. the house and bring some old aspects of the property into it and just really just make it like kind of like an artwork for them. They're like filling yeah. in everything. It's and, a creative outlet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I think that that's a little bit more for that passion. And then the third niche is, I think somebody that has a passion and is really willing to push off gratification and that third niche is buying rental properties. That's where wealth is created with rentals. You're pretty tough to create wealth with wholesaling or flipping, but it's not very tough to create wealth with rentals. Yeah. I mean, to create wealth in wholesaling or um, flipping, you'd have to make enough money to live and then make more money than that that you can invest into something, whether it be rentals or stock market or whatever. But Jumping straight into rentals, you know, you just skip that step, especially when using the burst strategy. So you can just go straight into it, actually investing. So let's let's step back. You know, what what would make a, um, a why would rentals be a good niche for someone? What type of person? They would need that to be, be? Um, a little more long term thinkers. They need to understand that you're not going to get rich right away from rentals. You're not going to get active income from rentals. You have to have other sources of income coming in so you can quickly grow your rental portfolio. So they have to be long-term thinkers and they have to just believe in the power of real estate. You don't really have to believe in appreciation and real estate growth and all that kind of stuff if you're wholesaling or flipping, but you do if you're owning rentals because your rental portfolio is going to go for a ride over the 10, 20, 30 years that it takes to create wealth with rentals. So I think you just got to be a little bit bigger picture thinker and, and be pretty pretty bullish on real estate in general. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, like Sam said, you have to have another source of income because um, it's going to take a long, long, long time to 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 live off your rentals. Why do you think my thumbnail is orange? Guess. You peeled an orange. Yep. I was going to say the clue is in the question. I peeled the clue an orange. is in the question. Get it? What? Here. Okay. This is a great segue to my quick story. Why do you think my hand, my left hand smells like gasoline? Why do I think your left hand smells like gasoline? Did it did did it happen today? No, last night. <laughs> so you you did something stupid? Not necessarily. No. Huh, your left hand smells like gasoline. Did it happen at home? Yes. Were you putting gas in something? No. Were you taking gas out of something? Not on purpose. What did you do? I have All no right. idea. All right. So uh Sam and I are donating one of our rentals to a, a local nonprofit that helps people in a transitionary period to, to get back on their feet. So uh, we were providing a lawnmower to this house. I was like, oh, uh, I, I use a grass cutting service at my personal house. So uh, I haven't used my lawnmower in two and a half years. Um, but it's it's only about three years old and it's only been used like you know 20 times. Is it a riding lawnmower? No, it's a push mower. Okay. It's push mower. Self-propelled? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Pretty nice one. Uh Honda Motor, I think Troy built chassis. But um nobody cares about that. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously, especially after this story. So uh 
I pull it out. I'm going to, uh, we have a ribbon cutting ceremony there at, at one o'clock today. So I, I, I was going to load it up in the truck, but I was like, let's, let's make sure it runs still. <laughs> so I, I try to start it a few times and all of a sudden, like it starts leaking this gas out of the, uh, out of the uh, air intake. I'm like, how is, how is that? Or the air filter? I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Like if I see leak gas, so Stop. I decided, yeah, I didn't. So I was like, I, I think I can figure this oh, gosh. out. So I took off a couple bolts and it, it the air intake is uh, the air filter is connected to like the carburetor. And it was just a couple bolts, and I took off the carburetor, and it's just like pouring on me, like taking off the carburetor, and I'm like, I'm like, I can't figure, it. I can't see it. Still have no idea. Everything looks great. So we're gonna have to buy a lawnmower. So we're gonna have the- to buy a lawnmower, and um, I, I just had both my hands, but specifically my left hand, just got drenched in gasoline. So. I guess it's hard to get off too. Oh my gosh. So I, I washed my hands with uh, like hand soap. Not maybe, enough. Maybe 10 times. Seriously, Not 10 enough. times. And then like, all right, I'm going to switch to Dawn. And I switched to Dawn, did it like another three or four times. Like dish soap? Yeah, dish soap. Not Doesn't do anything. Okay. And then uh, Ashley's like, you still reek. And uh, so I look up, I think it was on like TikTok, like how to get gas off my hands. And uh you can mix baking soda and vinegar, and it Oof. neutralizes. Yeah, it's crazy. But once you mix those two, there's no smell. It like neutralizes the smell. But I I did that five times, and my my left hand. How uh, was it just like covered? Did you like was it like sticking? It was just like dripping can? on me. Yeah. So my left hand still smells like gasoline, but uh, I think the the vinegar and baking soda helped. So if this ever happens to you, I think it's a good option, but it, it definitely didn't get rid of it completely. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's perfect. That's nothing to do with our Ram Thought of the Day. You get two Ram Thought of the Days on this episode. Nice. Um, Where the hell were we real estate-wise? Well, that was a good stop. We were talking about the niches. Now we're going to get into like a buy box niche. So we talked about general real estate and the the main topics. Obviously, there's a ton of little niches inside of those. Yeah, yeah, sh- yeah, yeah, like uh, short-term rentals. Short-term rentals, long-term rentals. Um Single family, multifamily, commercial, storage, like mm-hmm. yeah, those there's a ton. So we're not going to get into all those, yeah. but I would like to talk about getting a niche as opposed, like as you know, it pertains to a specific like house because I think this is really important because when I got started investing, when we got started and we were reaching out to people, I remember telling people I'll buy any house in any condition in any area of St. Louis, and I would get so much crap sent to me that was not anything that we'd ever want to own or buy. I just didn't want to miss out on something like, I don't know. I know where we kind of want to be, but I don't want to miss out on a great deal in an area that we're not familiar with. So I remember getting sent a bunch of stuff that didn't work. And then I just started getting sent nothing because people sent me a bunch of stuff and, you know, usually they're crap because they didn't remember where I wanted to be. So it's just crap that they couldn't sell. And then I wouldn't ever buy it or respond or we wouldn't ever offer on it. So then they stopped sending me stuff. And then people didn't remember me when they came across a property. They remembered the person, and we're going to get into this. They remember the person that said, I'm looking for at least three bed, at least one bath houses in, you know, North County or Mid County that need 50 grand or less worth of work that are, you know, built after 1950. Like Mm -hmm. somebody that's able to give that description of what they're looking for, they get sent the properties that meet their criteria. The people remember them. They have a story. They sound like what they're talking about. So we're going to talk about how to get to your niche and why, but having a niche will allow you to waste a ton less of your time and Mm -hmm. people send you deal time. How's that for teeing it up? No, that's great. Um, Yeah. To me, it starts with location and area. 
Um, cause I feel like that's what we're still remembered by, by a lot of our wholesalers. Like, uh, they get a deal in St. Charles County or Winsville. They're like, they know to call us first, mm-hmm. right? Like, Hey, multifamily I, or single. Yeah. yeah like they, they know we love that area. You know, we're bullish on that area. Um, or, or flip or rental. It might not even make a good rental, but uh, they know we like that area. And I think that's a great place to start, but then you can continue to niche down even more than that. And um, you'll start to um, train wholesalers, agents, wh- whoever's bringing you these deals on on what you're looking for. Um, because if you're, you'll just get lost in the shuffle if you're like, hey, I'm looking for a, a discounted deals. Yeah. But if you, the more specific you get, the more they'll remember about you. And even if they don't bring you the exact thing that fits your buy box, it'll be close. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think you'll get more deals that way, more leads that way too. Yeah, and, and how you come up with your niche, you're, it's going to change over time and it can change over time. This is what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. I think starting out with that, starting out with that, that, that rifle and then going to a little bit wider, I think you can go. So starting out narrow and then widening it as you get more deals or you don't get enough deals, widen it. Or if you start to get more deals, you can always narrow it down. But you're going to want geographic area, you know, certain areas or zip codes of town, not the entire town or city. If it's a decent sized city, property type, multifamily, single family. And not the entire area for a variety of different reasons. There could be one area that's too expensive. Mm-hmm. And then there could be one area that's that's too cheap and maybe too uh, to have too much crime or something. You don't and if to- you have one area that you focus on, you're going to know how to analyze deals like that. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, yep. houses rent for 1200 over there. I know there. exactly what I'll pay for. I know exactly what yep. I'll pay for. You can, I, They're probably worth about this. You can at least run some initial numbers in your head so that you can quickly analyze it and figure out if you need to do a deep dive or not, yeah. right? You're not wasting your time or their time. So property type again, and age range, you know, this is something that houses built after 1950, 1960s usually have, you know, they don't have knob and tube wiring or, you know, not as much asbestos and things like that. I think asbestos was banned in the late seventies, but um, just depending on the type of construction, you know, older houses have foundations with potential more issues. So just, and some people like those kind of things, that's fine. And then rehab level is another one, something that needs less than 50 grand, you know, is a good barometer. You don't want somebody bringing you a house that needs a burn house that needs 80 grand for your first flip, Mm -hmm. Lucas. And then price range is another one, I think, kind of giving them, you know, you probably don't have unlimited funds. So giving them the range you can afford. Exactly. Yep. And the the range, like if you're just looking for rentals or or flips, like we have a, we have a niche, a flip, a niche for a flipping company. And it is in our market, you know, 150 to, to about 400. That's our sweet spot. That's what we want to stay in. And most of our people know that. Mm-hmm. And with, uh, with rentals, it's probably a little tighter than that. It's probably like 150 to 250, 275. And that's, that's the niche we want to stay in there. So price, uh, price points, ARVs is, uh, ranges is a great one. I like it. I like it. All right, ready for my rant thought of the day? Well, yeah, read, what you read, got? The, read the two words or All read right. the three words that Sam are Sam has on this piece of paper, memories, dot, 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 dinosaur sounds, dot, dot, dot. That's my random thought that you asked for. You're welcome. You asked Wrap for, it up. You asked them for random thoughts. Um, so I saw something about this the other day. It's crazy that like when you're younger and not even that young, like you experience something that you don't remember. Like you were there, like you were doing something, especially when you're younger and you like have your body went through something, but you have no memory of it. You have no like recollection at all of what you did when you were 15 years old on today, 15 years ago, 20 yeah. years ago. Is that not weird to you? When was your first memory? Probably like three or four, maybe. And I don't, that's early. I don't really that was have four. 
what, what was it? I, I was. Um, like a, I don't have like a I did, traumatic I was one sitting, or anything. I was my my dad took us for a bike ride, and then um, I remember sitting in the back of the bike, and like my neighbor was at our front door, and I remember staying in the back of the bike while he went up and like met the neighbor at the front door. How old were you? You said I think I was four. Yeah. So yeah, and I don't. I, I don't have Ashley's like first one was like eight. She can't remember like. See, that's weird, right? Yeah. That's that's how the mind works. That that's crazy, crazy to me. Yeah, it's wild. Mine's, like, mine's cr- I heard something yesterday. Um, see, this was a good topic. No, you were making fan, fun of it. Fantastic. Something about the brain versus the heart. And they were saying, we know a lot more about the heart than the brain. Mm-hmm. So what their comparison was, what we know about the brain today is what we knew about the heart in 1960. Okay. Isn't that cr- that's freaking blows my so mind. We, we got a lot to learn about the brain. A lot to learn. We only use 10% of our brain. I think most people only use 10% of their heart. Mm-hmm. What's that from? Uh, wedding crashers. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, That's a good line. Yeah, that is a good line. Um, and then dinosaur sounds. I read another thing that was like, we just made up what dinosaurs sound like. We have no idea. They, I mean, they can see like bone structures and like how things vibrate. Have you ever seen Jurassic Park, Sam? They have the vocal box that they blow through to make a sound. Correct. They have no idea. We I don't have, know if that's true or not. <laughs> dinosaurs could talk for all we freaking know. We have no idea. I think they know that. How? How do they know how dinosaurs sound? By analyzing their 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 uh, voice box, their uh, vocal cords. Our cords, vocal cords don't like decay over time. I know bones don't, but that's, pretty that's sure vocal what cords, fossils are. Fossils are vocal cords? I don't know. I don't think so. I think yeah. vocal cords are like stringy and yeah, they could sound like like it's like a muscle. I think yeah, they could like, not make any sounds. There you go. Yeah, most most animals make some sort of sound, right? Yeah, I think so. But there you go. Do you have, do you have those like uh, the books for children that ha- like you push a button and it like shows or it it has a speaker on the computer and it like makes a noise of what that animal sounds mm-hmm. like. like and you, and there's some that you're like, I, yeah. I, I had no idea. What that, like which one is that? that yeah. <laughs> So we can tell those, but I just thought that kind of went along with the memories in the past. That's yeah. why I tied the two together. That was I did good. Do you do your ankles get cold? Like I feel like I wear two well, socks. It was sixty six in our boardroom today, so yeah, it was a little cold. So then wear longer socks. Bro, you wore long time. sleeves and a jacket, and I didn't either. And short socks. It's, yeah, it's. Like I'm, I'm still living in the summer, man. I don't want to give it up. Outside this morning, Lucas. All right, so hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We went off on the rails a little bit, but I think that's fun. I I don't think y'all probably y'all goodness. I don't think anybody listening probably just wants to hear just straight facts about real estate. I would guess you want to be at least a little entertained, and we bring that fire. So if you enjoyed this at all, it really does help us if you guys rate the podcast and give us a review. It takes like two minutes, and if everybody listening, which I don't know, there's usually. 500-ish people that download each episode. If everybody did it or half the people did it, we would our podcast would reach a lot more people because we get pushed more the more reviews we get. So there is a reason behind people asking it. And if you did get anything out of it, then please subscribe. Give us a review. You don't have to, but... Be a lot cooler if you do. All right, starting a new thing now. Is this going to go in or not? I'm going to throw this in. Yeah. I'm going to throw this in the trash can. 0 for 1. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you got some major value from our conversation. If you love what you learn, make sure you like, rate, review the show, and help us spread the word by telling a friend. If you'd like to learn more about working with me inside one of my programs, we'll have those links in the show notes, along with all our social media handles, so you connect with us there for free. If there's a real estate question you'd like us to answer, feel free to send us a message, and we'll cover it in an upcoming show.